the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hour 2 of Southern California Live. It's always good to be with you. I am Pastor Scott Furrow. And, you know, part of our show, what we try to do is take a look at the news. We take a look at different topics and different things, of course, within our faith and Christian topics. But we also try to take a look at the news and go through it from a Christian perspective. And some of the things that come in on the news, I got to tell you, sometimes I just, I don't even know if I want to talk about it because there is so much passion and frustration the last few years coming from all kinds of different sides. All right. And sometimes you just, I just feel like, can I just say, I just feel like sometimes everybody's a liar. (laughs) That's, I don't mean that even as a cynic. It's because there's so much mischaracterization that goes on, on the right and the left. And that's something that if I make a point about this today, if we talk about this, these January 6th things that came out on the Tucker Carlson show yesterday, that's got everybody upset. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it being, you know, upsetting people. Some of it's not new, but some of it's kind of new. But there are people who feel very passionate and have very opposite reactions to the same thing. And probably most of that is driven from our political persuasion, right? If we're a Democrat or we're Republican or if we were for Trump or against Trump or if we think the election was stolen or we don't, or we have a view of January 6th that it's the worst thing since 9-11 or the Civil War, or we have a view of it that it was just a tourist thing with a guy in a buffalo suit. Somewhere in between, I think, is where most people would fall. As Christians, we have got to be people who are on the side of truth how do you do that when the truth is in dispute? You know, when you are, you know, and why this kind of thing, this thing matters and why I think it matters that we talk about things that are in the news on our show is because for discipleship purposes, and I want you to know, if you, if you peel back a little bit to what I'm hoping to do on the show is one of them is to prepare people for conversations you might have with somebody who's in your life, who's not a believer, and that conversation could be about any subject. Maybe because we talked about science and the faith and truth in the last hour, you're a scientist and it's going to be something you talk about with people at work or at school. Great. Uh, or maybe your neighbor is somebody who is got this going on and you don't have any personal interest, but suddenly it comes up. Stuff on the news. People are talking about it. Every single thing trending on Twitter today has to do with January 6th. And what is it? It's March 7th. And so people are talking about it. How do we not lose sight of the fact that what we're actually called to do is make disciples of Jesus. See what I'm saying? That if Jesus were to come on our show right now, if the second coming were to happen right now, and instead of landing on the Mount of Olives, he landed in this studio. I know that won't happen because the scriptures teach me that's not what's going to happen. But let's say Jesus wanted to make this appearance personally, and he could tell all of us exactly what's true about January 7th, about whatever controversy it is that 
makes you get passionate about something. I think his next question, and I think this is true also about controversies within the church, certain doctrinal controversies we have or certain things about how to run a church or different things. I think if, if we just had Jesus on the stage at our church, if he could just walk in and sit down and take all of our questions about all of these things, what I think is the next thing he would say is, now that I've answered all of those questions, are the people in your life who I've put in your life for you to make disciples of, are they any closer to being saved or not? Are they in a place where they are less likely to uh, go to hell? Jesus talked about hell more than anybody in the Bible, by the way. So I think he would have no trouble using that word. You know, I think this is something that is the reason to talk about the news, but the reason to not just be the same as any old talk show. There are you know other options that you can always listen to, of course, and most of them are going to say the same thing. I think that's what happens. I, you know, sometimes I listen to other shows, right? And I, I go through and I check them out and it's just a little, you know, it's different. And sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't. But I feel like we need to go a little deeper. As Christians, we need to take a step back. And it doesn't mean that we're not passionate about our country or that we're not involved. And we talk about those things on our show a lot. And I think that's important. I also tend to think that the majority of us wherever you're at, we tend to agree on a lot of big things, or we could find a solution if we could just filter out some of the 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 crazy that we find out there. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557. Do you struggle to maintain your testimony when you're dealing with something that you're very passionate about with somebody who's disagrees with you? Or somebody who maybe even they agree with you, but you can rile each other up. You ever see that happen where you just, you just feed off of each other, right? And uh, that happens sometimes. I think this matters a lot. Scripturally, it matters a lot. There is a lot in the Scripture about us being truthful, that this is a value. Jesus, when he's speaking to Pilate, Jesus said, hey, you know, whoever is on the side of truth is on, is on the side, is with me. And you've got to be on the side of truth, even if the truth is inconvenient to a personal agenda or a political agenda. Life is better anyway as a truthful person. You know, when we're just trying to find the truth, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to manipulate. We don't have to remember something. That's something I try to teach my kids, right? Don't lie, because when you start to lie, then you have to remember the lie. And you have to go back in time and figure out what you lied about and who you lied to and try to keep the story straight. Eventually you get caught and then you're just stupid. If you just tell the truth, even if you're wrong, right? You can tell the truth and be be incorrect and be wrong. That's not a lie. That's just being wrong. But if you're really trying to be a truthful person, it makes you a better listener. It makes you somebody who is a learner and we should all be lifelong learners. I think here's what the scriptures say, just in one passage here in Colossians. Uh Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And it says sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now, this is speaking to Christians, right? People who've put their faith in Jesus. But now you must also rid yourselves of all things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. You know, this is the same paragraph. We've not changed the paragraph. It's the same paragraph where it says, put to death sexual immorality and impurity and lust and evil desires. And then it's also rid yourself, same paragraph, of anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And then it says, do not lie 
to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed uh, in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. It's about being God's, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues, put love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Can I say, as speaking even as a pastor, sometimes the one thing that we do is we read the part about sexual immorality and impurity and lust and evil desires and greed, and everybody kind of agrees, okay, that's bad, It's unless you don't. But we don't realize that some of these other things are all in the same paragraph. And we've got to do our best to be truthful. Truthful doesn't mean that you, that everybody agrees. You might, not, somebody's wrong, maybe everybody's wrong. But I think being uh, truthful really has to be our goal from the standpoint of relationship. And also things get, things get shown often later, particularly in the area of politics and stuff, where maybe some people aren't as truthful as you think. And uh, things come out later, especially in this world of video that we have. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles. Ted, City of Angels, speaking of truth, is this the moment of truth, Ted? You're running for president. You're announcing on our show. Are you with me, Ted? I'll do that for you and the people because, you know, we need to bring <laughs> it back to the people. I mean, look, I, I played basketball with uh, – you know, African American kid friends of ours in the in the government housing. I grew up ten blocks away from the government housing on the hardwood floors. I was playing football at eight years old. So you're even you're even sounding like somebody who's running for office, Ted. I'm telling you, amen to that. Because uh, I, like I said, I was playing football games at Compton College at eight years old for the Venice Bulldogs. Yeah, you know I. I can I can reach these people where they haven't been able to reach them. They yeah. they need somebody, all right, uh, uh, you know, like me. All right, so, well, good for you, Ted. So, why did you actually call? I'm just teasing you about the other thing. What what's uh, on your mind? Okay, well, it's no baloney testimony, is what it is. And you know, um, where the rubber meets the road, you know, we're obvi- obviously we're going to drop our load on Jesus and and get honest. We're going to do. <laughs> We're going to do what there? I love talking. I, I love talking to people. I love, uh, you know, ministering. And what I did was I, I took a, a line from uh, K-Love, and K-Love, it was a joke. The, the, you know, the narrators, uh, and basically it was, what time of day um, did God create Adam? And the answer was um, just a little before Eve. Ah, and, yeah, all right. But that's, yeah, that's and a... so what happened was, as I walked out, there was two green apples in a bag holding the, the two doors open. And I went, oh, my God. And so I, I picked them up, and I took them to the security guy. And I'm like, and then when I walked away, I go, geez, I was just talking about Adam and Eve. And apparently they grabbed, they, I guess there's no, we don't know whether it was an apple or not, but there was two green apples sitting there. And uh, right after I talked about Adam and Eve, so. You know, I believe in that stuff. Um, there's another friend of mine who made amends. I had him work for me, and he was strung out on drugs. And he said, I need to make amends to you. Well, I was driving in the neighborhood. There he is, walking down the street. And uh, I pulled over. And, you know, he's a Pentecostal Christian from the from the South. Uh, 
And uh, David um, said, Tam, I need to make your amends. I said, yeah, I don't even have to spend gas. And then a monarch butterfly is flying in my sunroof over the top, mm-hmm. and uh, I've had none say that means Christ. So these, these are no mistakes. You know, I think a big, a big part of it is is that can you take those in, in a kind way without being untruthful, have relationships with people. Sounds like you're able to do that, Ted, with different people. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I, I love people from yes to still. I yeah. love people. Well, that's great, Ted. Okay. I appreciate you sharing uh, that yeah. with me today and for uh, giving us a call. The number is 888-528-2557. Let's go to David in Culver City. David, welcome to Southern California Live. Scott? I have to compliment you on your patience. Oh, well, thank you. You are a patient man. Um, But anyhow, um, you know, I don't think you've covered, you know, I think when you're talking about truth, you have to consider the source of where you get your truth. And you haven't really covered the defamation, the Dominion defamation trial, where it's very clear that Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and Sean Hannity have lied about the truth, and they knew they were lying just to get audience share. And I think this is an important point because I think a huge percentage of your audience on Salem gets their news from Fox. You know, a huge percentage of your audience are Trump supporters. You know, if you dare, if you're a pastor or a theologian like Russell Moore and you didn't support Trump, you got kicked out of evangelical Christianity. So, you know, I think it's important to consider the source. And just to be specific... The Tucker Carlson show last night was a travesty. He pulled, there were 44,000 hours of tape. He showed one segment that doesn't look like an insurrection. Virtually everybody else, the courts, journalists, everybody, even Congressman Kennedy and Mitt Romney and people that were there were appalled at what he did yesterday. And then also one other quick comment. He's somehow floating the idea that Trump, who said on Instagram that he called in the National Guard, and Nancy Pelosi countermanded that. Now, come on. Anybody that knows about how the armies and the, and the armed services works knows that the commander-in-chief is not countermanded by Nancy Pelosi. So that's just a lie. You so, know, I mean, there were so many untruths about Tucker Carlson's show last night that I don't know how you can present it is something to change anybody's opinion. Well, I think that one of the things, and you're right about the Fox thing. I've talked about it some, and if you're not paying attention, you know, one of the things about it, I tell people all the time that you need to watch all the networks because right now if you're watching Fox, they're not talking about it at all because their lawyers told them not to talk about it. And uh, so you won't even see it. The the story that David is referring to, what's happening is the, the people who made the uh, voting tabulators, the voting machines that were mentioned so prominently by some people in 2020, Dominion. They're suing Fox and they're suing a few other people um, because they presented all this about their company. You know, they weren't just generically saying uh, the voting machines are tampered with. They named names. They said these voting machines and those people who work for that company. And what happened in the, the Fox thing, it's not over yet. I haven't really seen a real response yet from Fox. The trial will come up, I think, next month, actually. But what came out in the pretrial was that many of the Fox commentators said behind the scenes that they thought the whole thing was a lie, but over the air they presented it as if it was a possibility or that it was true. And I do think people should know that if you're watching Fox. 
And I know that there are people who watch the other networks, and you're going, well, CNN said this, and MSNBC said this about different subjects. You know, Fox is maybe caught in, in a lot of trouble because of uh, this situation. But this is a piece, actually why I'm even bringing this up, David, is that we as Christians have got to be people of truth. And, you know, I would say that a lot, of people, a lot of people have a different opinion than you have about January 6th. And I didn't watch the Tucker Carlson thing. I've seen some clips, but there's a couple things that he definitely showed that says, hey, you know what? We should have seen that piece of of video there. Uh, There are differences of opinion about what the police were doing that day. There's conspiracy theories on the left and the right about the Capitol Police. Some people on the right are saying that the the rioting part of uh, that day was that the police were in on it, that the police egged people on and were government plants to try to start it. There are people on the left who are saying, no, the police were in on it, and they were people on the right who were letting people into the Capitol. You get people saying all kinds of stuff on both sides. And this is what is irritating me about this subject, actually, is that we, I think we tend to get into our corner rather than explore the possibility that maybe there's even a little bit of all of the above. Does that make sense? Well, you know, Scott, I I don't disagree with you, but you know something? There are triers of fact in these cases. There are courts. You have your, your defense. You have the prosecution. I mean, if we don't believe that the triers of fact, the courts, come to legitimate judgments, and they have convicted these people of insurrection, of sedition. I mean, there are legal cases. I mean, if you don't believe that, who do you believe? I mean, who who makes judgments in our society? I mean, it's chaos without that. And, you know, uh, Lawrence Tribe, uh, and I forget who the the, uh, trial lawyer in the the famous Sullivan case was, have said this defamation trial... Are you there? All right, David, I think we lost you there. You cut off there. But I do appreciate your point there, and I know that there's a whole lot of back and forth. You know, there's there's things that people think about this, though. And, you know, I think most people watching it, tell me if you think I'm wrong. Call me up, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I think most people look at this and they go, yep, there were some bad people there to do some bad things. And if you watch those videos, even without any commentary, for sure, there are people breaking stuff and destroying things in the Capitol. There are for sure instigators, but there's controversy about who the instigators are. Um, what, you know, are they plants? Are they really on the left? Are they really on the right? Were they really Trump people? Are they Trump people? Was Trump involved with this? Uh, you know, there are so many different things. And what I'm asking people to do is is back up a little bit and say, you know what, maybe the truth in some of these things are complex. And the reason it's complicated is because of that. If, you know, I mean, if you, and you can do this on, on all sides of things. You know, we've been hearing for, what, seven years that uh, the walls are closing in on Donald Trump in this case and that case, and nothing ever comes of it. And much of the time, there's really nothing there. Maybe there's something there that's coming out. I don't know. I don't know if it is, but it seems like it never does. 
And, you know, that's one side. And then you have the January 6th committee. And, you know, they made a pretty good case against some people because they had video of people clearly committing crimes and and they were not peacefully protesting. But on the other hand, there's a whole lot of peaceful protesters uh, that were a part of that. And some of those people went home. I think most of them didn't go into the Capitol. But there are some people who were like, oh, they're letting us in. I guess I'll go in. And you see it on different floors. And then you have a different perspective from the Capitol Police. Um, some people are saying, oh, the Capitol Police let people in and served as tour guides for these people. And the Capitol Police, what they're saying today is, no, we were outnumbered and we were just trying to keep people calm and wanted them to go. You know, Everybody's got a thought here. But what I, I want us to get back, and I think that the truth is often complex. When I watch this, I think, yeah, there were some bad people, but there were some people tied up in it. That's true, by the way, in some of the other riots that we've had, like some of the BLM riots that happened in 2020. You know, some of those, there was a whole lot of people there protesting genuinely peacefully. And then most of them went home. But then some people were were not peaceful at all and burned down buildings and, and vandalized and were criminals. You can't put everybody who was present, I think, in the same bucket for any of these things. You know, as Christians, I think the big thing is that we've got to be aware that there are different sides, that there and that sometimes even on this for for us being Christians, we need to be on the side of truth, but we might also need to acknowledge that sometimes we're not going to know every single thing that happened. There's a couple of things that have come out, and uh, when we come back, I'll I'll share a couple of things that I think are why this is kind of blown up again all of a sudden on March 4th or March 7th. And um, I'd love to get your calls on it, and you can respond to uh, David or Ted or any of our callers, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host, will be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such opprobrium, but because our democracy depends on it. That was Senator Chuck Schumer responding to a program put on last night by uh, Tucker Carlson showing different scenes from January 6th in the video. So what happened is Tucker Carlson got a hold of the 44,000 minutes, I guess, of January 6th video. And Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, gave it to him. And Tucker Carlson started to release some things, and he's using it to contradict things that the January 6th committee had to say. Chuck Schumer is saying that uh, he shouldn't go on tonight with part two. Apparently that's there. It's kind of a non sequitur because the first thing he's talking about is the fact that Fox News is in trial and not doing well or about to go to trial because they did not – uh, tell the truth about some of the controversies or their, at least their opinions about the controversy over the voting machines in the 2020 election. And that is a big deal. Um, and, you know, you want your, your commentators to be telling you what they think, not telling you just what they want you to hear. Now, I, I think that happens on all three channels. I think that the uh, Fox people are in trouble because they were very specific about a company that's suing them now. But I, I, personally view all of it the same way is that there's an agenda that's there. I think you should get put out all those tapes, by the way, all 44,000 hours. It just let people see them. Personally, I trust people 
to actually view those and come to a conclusion, right, to to be able to balance and say, well, yes, some of this was really bad, but some of it was just not really that big a deal. I feel like people can do that. You know, people, we, we laugh at the jury system and we make jokes about the jury. And if I've been on a jury and it was a scary experience. But the truth is about the jury experience is most of the time juries get it right. Most of the time they they do get it right. And I think that the American people, when given all of the evidence, I think they when they really get the evidence and they get the truth, I think they tend to get it right. That's something I think. The subject here really is how do we as Christians in the midst of the controversies over what is true on things like this, how do we maintain our testimony? How do we make sure that we don't lose our ability to relate to somebody who needs to hear about Jesus because we start sharing things about something that either turns out not to be true or it's just so partisan that it doesn't really matter? How do we do that? 888-528-2557. Greg in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Greg. Uh, speak uh, up, Greg. There you go. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I was so intrigued. I really appreciate you bringing up this topic, especially pertaining to Christians, you know, based on our position. And, and we, we're supposed to rec- identify with truth. And I thought about Jack Nicholson when he said something that uh, we can't handle the truth. Uh-huh. A lot of people just can't handle the truth. And we take these sides and these parties, and then when we find out that there's some error on both sides, we're not accepting of the truth. But I thought about a scripture that came up. And the scripture says, uh, Psalms 58, 2, I think it says, said that we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. From our mama womb, we're born speaking lies. It's not in man's nature, especially if he's not a believer, to speak truth. He's going to, he's going to sway truth to benefit himself. And I like what you said earlier, no matter how you sway it or no matter how you, you present it, truth still is truth. Yeah. Like you said about Murdoch, it's going to have this perfect work. And as believers, we can't compromise our spiritual position or our kingdom position to identify with a political party. You know, a lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. And truth is truth is truth. Even if you make it a lie, it's still going to come out as being truth. And so as believers, we just got to stand for what is right. Truth. Believe in truth. Stand on truth. And govern ourselves according to the truth, regardless of the parties. Don't get caught in the parties. Don't get caught in the racial part of it. Let truth have its perfect work, and we'll be okay. You know, I think that that's correct. And I think what that drives us to, Greg, is I think it's fine to have I mean, a whole other discussion about parties. And, you know, if you're George Washington, we shouldn't have parties. It's going to ruin us. And he might be right about that, right? But it's okay to take a position on things. But you've got to be flexible enough to change your position if the facts come out and it's just something different, right? And I think that we would do better as parties if we held our own side accountable. We made our own side speak the truth, right? If we said to our own side, hey, that isn't true what you're saying here. I think it would force both sides to be more truthful and we maybe we would focus more on policies and how to actually solve problems rather than how do we divide further and then not solve any problems. A hundred percent. And the government authority, I believe, and this is just my personal belief, the government authority over this earth is the church. The church has to take a, a real strong responsibility and make sure that they convey the message as, as truth to the parishioners, to those who come to their congregation. That truth is being spoken, and we as the believers have to continue to stand firm on truth, regardless of who's presented, whether it's your mom, your dad. I had to I had to uh, repent of my sin. I was an advocate, uh, a, a racist, I would have to say, mm-hmm. and speaking in truth. 
And my mother, she was not going to stand for it. And I remember the day when I was being indoctrinated into a, 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 a belief that was totally contrary to what she believed. And she, she was that she went to the meeting to see what I was learning. And uh-huh. when I went back to my mom, when I saw her the next day after she heard all this truth, and there was a lot of truth that was conveyed, but after she heard all that truth pertaining to black in America, and she came home to me, and she said to me, and I asked her about it, and she said, Greg, I just love you some white folks. And I, I couldn't believe what she was saying because of the truth that was displayed. But she was talking about the spiritual application of the man, not the exterior man. And I didn't learn that until I became a believer. And I appreciated my mom that she wasn't going to stand by my idiocy, my idiot, idiot, crazy way of thinking to satisfy me because of things that have taken place. But truth, she let truth have its perfect way, and God desired that no man perishes. And now I understand. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of things that we have to begin to look at ourselves. We have to begin to examine ourselves and let truth have its perfect work. And one thing about truth and what it did to me, it convicted me, provoked me to repentance that I had made the transformation and change. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for your call, Greg. You have a very wise mom. I'm glad that she was part of your life there. And uh, thanks for calling Southern California. You know, that's the thing is about truth is, and that's something else. So we get caught up in ideology, right? And sometimes our ideology is presenting something that's not true. Now, I want to give you a couple of examples of why I think this has become a big deal. Uh, Tucker Carlson has those films from January 6th. And this is this is one that I thought was simple. It's a little bit less political, but it showed something that uh, I think is it's just helpful to see this. This is what he said. To prove that Josh Hawley was a coward, the committee released video of him loping out of the building on the afternoon of January 6th. With now, Josh Hawley, Hawley is a Republican senator from Missouri, and uh, the committee took time, if you watched all of that, to really make him look like a coward. And there's this video that got played all over on the on the net. If you just take that section of the video, it is kind of funny because it's him sprinting out of the the Capitol. It's not really funny, right? People were being told to get out of here at the time. Some people thought they were going to lose their life. But you know what? Sometimes those things, uh, maybe in a dark way, are kind of funny. And so this was presented, though, um, in that committee. Police escort. The tape became a staple on social media. Democrats laughed with derision. Later that day, Senator Hawley fled after those protesters he helped to rile up stormed the Capitol. See for yourself. So they show a clip of Holly by himself running out of the Capitol and it, and the crowd laughs. And it's kind of funny just if you just hold that by itself. But in fact, the surveillance footage we reviewed shows that famous clip was a sham edited deceptively by the January 6th committee. The clip was propaganda, not evidence. The actual videotape shows that Hawley was one of many lawmakers being ushered out of the building by Capitol Hill police officers. And in fact, Hawley was at the back of the pack. The coward tape was a lie, one of many from the January 6th committee. And so then he shows a clip of all of these lawmakers running out of the building and being sort of shoved out by police. And you find out it's actually a massive number of people going out. And he was actually just the last one kind of catching up. When you see it in context, it's it changes the entire perspective of the thing. So what he's pointing out 
in here is that in this particular case, the January 6th committee used that to slam Josh Hawley. There's probably a lot of inside baseball going on with that. But they took a clip that was out of context deliberately to do that. Okay, they did that. Now, the other thing that Tucker Carlson is showing that's created some controversy, it kind of goes the other way. He's showing, remember the guy on January 6th in the Buffalo outfit? And uh, there are all these videos of that guy being escorted through the Capitol. You know, he eventually found his way into the Senate chamber and he's standing up at the at the uh, podium and he's saying some stuff. And, you know, in the, the all of those clips, there's no violence. There is no threat of it. There's just this thing going on and nobody's doing anything to stop him and he's kind of being escorted. So what Tucker says is that the police, the Capitol Police did nothing to stop him and they then he's trying to make the argument that there you know really wasn't anything wrong here happened to this guy. There's there's probably some argument to be made. But the Capitol Police shot back today and they said no, that's not what we're doing. And Republican Mitch McConnell came out and said this. My uh, concern is how it was depicted, which is a different issue. Clearly, the chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes what most of us witnessed firsthand on January 6th. So that's my reaction to it. Um, It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. Now, Mitch wasn't saying that they uh, that it was wrong for Fox News to air it. That's kind of what the headline is, but that's not actually what he said. He said it's the depiction. And this is what the Capitol Police objected to. The Capitol Police chief, Thomas Manger, Manger, is that how you say it, or Manger or something? He said this. He said, it's a false allegation that our officers actually helped the rioters and acted as tour guides. He said, this is outrageous and false. This department stands by the officers in the video that were shown last night. Those officers did their best to use de-escalation tactics to try to talk the rioters into getting each other to leave the building. And so what you have here is the other side saying that, you know what, that video was being used to say, hey, it wasn't really that bad. And here the police are saying, no, we were using de-escalation tactics. We wanted, we were outnumbered, it goes on to say, and we wanted people out. There's a huge argument, like I said before, on the left and right, different conspiracy theories about the role of the Capitol Police. On the, the right, some people think that the police helped instigate the riot for political purposes to go against Donald Trump. And on the left, there are people who say, no, the police were in on it with the rioters, and that's why they let them in the building. All right. It's interesting to me that both sides kind of on the far right and left have a conspiracy theory that completely differs about what the police were doing that day. And the police are saying, no, we did this because it was de-escalation tactics. The thing is, is that you can go in and agree with one side or the other. You can do that. But and we may never know what's true. I don't think this has been investigated in a way that's all that serious. Um, And there's so much politics kind of going both ways. What we're getting at here is, as Christians, I don't think we have to plant our flag in one way or the other, by the way. Do you feel pressure that you've got to pick what side the police officers were or which conspiracy theory you might think to be true? Uh, I don't think we necessarily have to do that. We have to be on the side of truth. If evidence comes out, I think we ought to find out what's true. I think those are legitimate questions. I'm not saying that. 
But at the end of the day, does your relationship with the people in your relational world who you want to share Jesus with, does it hinge on on picking a side for something that maybe we can't actually know the truth about? See what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm getting out of here. I got to take a break. I'll get to your calls. I see you on there, William. I'll get to you as soon as we get back. This is Southern California Live. If you would like to call, the number is 888-528-2557. Join the conversation at 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Scott Furrow with you, Southern California Live. We're talking about truth and how do we deal with it when we're not too sure, especially when things are passionately, when people get passionately opposed to what is truth, just like people have different opinions of January 6th, and that's been in the news today. Uh, because of some releasing of video and different perspective people are getting from it. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. William in Fullerton, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Great topic. Thank you, William. As usual, uh, I just wanted to say uh, the only real truth that has come out so far is that an unarmed Army veteran by the name of Ashley Babbitt was murdered by a Capitol Police officer. Well, you know, that would be, and I I know what you're talking about, William, but some people, and this is kind of what I'm getting at, some people say it's murder, some people say it was police doing their their duty, you know, and people are going to have a different opinion about that. To shoot an unarmed person in the back? I absolutely, I I understand where you're coming, I understand where you're coming from, but for our topic... How do we deal with it when somebody says, well, she was told to stop and the gun was there and she climbed up the thing? I mean, I don't think she should have been shot either, but, you know, people have a different opinion. And as Christians, how do we deal with that? Yeah, it's it's a it's a struggle, uh, but we we have to hopefully use God's reasoning, that ability that he gave us in the best way possible. Uh, to discern these things, mm. it's, it's a discernment thing. You know, there's, there's, you know, if if, if we're going to keep score on how many lies the leftists have told versus how many lies the people on the right have told, um, the left far outnumbers like ten to one. Well, we still need a savior they, either way, though, right? Because uh, one sin is the yeah, is, exactly. Yeah, we all uh, are yeah. in that same boat there, and I, I think that's that's part of it. It's hard to do that, isn't it? When we're so passionate, it especially is, here where we're talking about somebody who died, you know, in yeah. the, in the course they, of all of the it. Left, yeah, the left pushed pushed the the lie that five Capitol police officers died that day. That's a lie, a blatant lie. Yeah, it's not true. You know, it, it it's not true at all. But they keep pushing that. They keep pushing the lies. That, yeah. That's that's a it's absurd. But, and then. Uh, our beloved president paraded this uh, officer's family who died the day after. Okay. Yeah, there's one officer where they said, well, maybe he died because of the stress induced by the event, but he did not die on January 6th. But how do we, you know, I understand all these different controversies. You know, what is a Christian, like if if you're witnessing to somebody who disagrees with you, who is on the, who, um, 
just doesn't even want to hear any other version of things, for example, um, who believes that five people died on that day and don't want, they don't want to hear anything else. Does it matter with respect to your, yes, your ability to, you know, to witness to them? makes it a lot tougher to witness to them. Well, they may not be open to the truth or to then you know that might be part of it, right? Is that they just may not be open to hearing something. Um, but yeah. you know, I think what I'm getting at here is that these things people get are so passionate. I'm I'm surprised that we're even talking about this today on March 7th. You know, I I personally think there is a lot of the all of the above and what happened that day. It was a terrible day, but I also kind of think that whenever Donald Trump is out of the picture politically, we're probably going to stop talking about it mostly. I think there's a lot of politics. That's my own opinion, you know, kind of both ways. Yeah. What what I, I think is we really need to, uh, as Christians, be able to try to discern how to not let hot topics get in the way of who Jesus is in our in our conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, William. Hey, William. That, that is uh, challenging. It's challenging, to say the least. It's super hard, isn't it? It's really hard, and it's hard for me. But I think that's why we get to talk about it on this show. I think it's important to do it. William, thanks for listening and uh, for being with us today on Southern California Live. John in Los Angeles, welcome to SoCal Live. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, so my take is I just want to commend you for this topic. I think it's so appropriate to have this kind of straightforward conversation about us as Christians, how we walk and live together despite the differences, despite the right or the left. There's so many shows that pander to different, you know, ways of thinking on this. And really it's about Christ. It's about what would Jesus do? How would he live? How would he act with our fellow, you know, man, and I just want to commend the station for just kind of taking this approach and asking folks to kind of take a hard look at it, because years it's just been a lot of this extreme polarization as it relates to politics, Republican, Democrats, and who lied, and who did this, but as Christians, we should be Christians first, and I just want to say thank you for this dialogue, keep up the good work, and let's all continue to seek Christ's faith. Well, thank, thank you, John. I think that's what we all have to do. I think that's why it's important to have uh, this conversation. You know, I think it is the ultimate thing that Jesus is going to ask you about one day, I believe, when you stand before him, is about your relationship with people who don't believe. And he's probably not going to ask, how come you didn't convince him of your thoughts about January 6th? You know, I think that if there is a change of mind that needs to happen, I think that's what happens when somebody gets saved and the Holy Spirit changes their heart and their mind. That I I think that for sure truth matters. I think as a country, we ought to have better answers about that day. I mean, no doubt about it. I don't have confidence in much of what has happened just because I've seen, you know, both sides sort of take, hey, here's a video that supports my side, and here's a video that supports the other side, and in this video we're going to edit it, in this video we're going to add sound, in this video we're going to not show you this, and and the news networks do that, and that's part of, I think, part of our cultural problem. The church needs to not be that, right? The church needs to say, you know what, we have to be on the side of truth, but we've got to show people Christ first. 
We've really got to do that. And, you know, at the end of the day, a person may not listen to you if they're not interested in truth. They just won't. And scripturally, I think it's okay to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try elsewhere, okay, to, to do that. And you don't need to beat your head over and over again uh, to try to convince somebody of something that they don't want to hear. Uh, and that's not worth the time. But you still should pray for that person. And you still should, you know, realize if God keeps that person in your life, then there might be other opportunities. It really matters. And if you're thinking that the other person... Uh, one person sent a text in and says, why do we argue with people who uh, believe outright lies? You know, at the end of the day, if you're somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, there's something you believe that's not true. And that's the thing that we've got to be focused on. See, because I think if we convince people to believe, if I think people, if we, conv- if we convince people to, to join us politically in our political opinion about whatever, whatever it is, that's not how a person gets saved. A person gets saved because they put their faith in Jesus Christ, that their hope is not in Washington. Their hope is not in the, the future of our country. The hope is in Christ. You know, and I, I'm worried about our country. I'm worried about my boys. I'm worried about going to war. My, I have two boys. They're 10 and 13. You know, Christy and I had a crazy conversation about, you know, are we going to war with China? Do we want it to happen when they're, before they're 18? How do we, you know, there's, there's a reality to what is happening in our country. I think we need better leadership. I think that things like January 6th, this should have flushed out much better than it did as far as the investigation. We are so polarized. But as Christians, we have to be about Christ. And the people who are in your life, you might have people in your life who do not agree with you at all about January 6th or about any, insert, controversial subject here. Uh, They need to hear about Jesus and how all of us fall short of the glory of God. And one side might be a bigger liar than the other side, but at the end of the day, we all fall short. We all still need the same Savior, and we all get salvation the same way by faith, faith in that Savior. And I found when people get saved, one of the signs, I think, in in all my years of ministry of somebody being saved is that they tend to be a lot more interested in the truth and finding what actually is true. That's what we have to be about. All right, it is a good topic. We will obviously talk about it again, but be about the truth. Jesus says that uh, if you're on the side of truth, you're with him. That's what we need to be. Everybody, thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'll be back with you tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless. See you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.